Hello, how are you? It's so good to see you. So, my neighbour told me that someone was once murdered in my flat. He came we're having a chat at the, at, at the gate. I said, what? Yeah, someone was once murdered there. I said, oh, God, that's bad luck. But I'll tell you what, it would have been worse luck like, if they were murdered twice. <laughs> I tell you what, where does freelance writing end and unemployment begin? That's the question. you got a week to answer it. The winner will be awarded a full-time freelance writing career, which we all have at the moment due to coronavirus lockdowns. A man who knows a little bit of Spanish meets uh, a Mexican girl in a club and goes, Oh, yes, soy tostada. She says, You're a toasted sandwich? Chairman Mao. Chairman Mao, excuse me. What is it, boy? Chairman Mao, it's about Hong Kong. Mr. Zhang, you are fully aware that on Thursdays I drink a 1.25 litre bottle of Coca-Cola while editing the Tiananmen Square Wikipedia page? Yes, Chairman Mao, but the people of Hong Kong are very angry. They're burning everything. But last time I checked the surveillance cameras in Hong Kong, they were very happy. Ah, well, that appears to be their issue, Chairman Mao. They don't like the surveillance cameras. But there aren't even surveillance cameras in the male bathrooms. Well, with respect, Chairman Mao, it's not the surveillance that they're worried about. It's that the people of Hong Kong want to listen to their favourite radio show, Talking Dressage with Harry Raval Lee, but the radio signal is getting interfered with by the surveillance cameras. Well, I'm sorry. Surveillance is simply not an option. A great, noble, fearless leader, Chairman Mao, my lover and friend, may I suggest just one thing? Yes, disgraced former Australian Senator Sam Dastyari. Why don't we simply pretend to be this Harry Lee fellow, project ourselves over the speakers that are secretly planted in every Chinese person's eardrums, and convince Hong Kong that we are, in fact, the radio show Talking Dressage with Harry Ravel Lee? You think the people of Hong Kong are stupid enough to fall for it? Well, they're stupid enough to want uh, human rights and democracy. Okay. Well, I'll press this button and we'll see how it goes. Good morning, good morning, fine, hard-working, usually, except when you're working from home, people of Brisbane, and pretty windy out there tonight, I believe the wind is blowing our radio signal as far as New Caledonia and the Tiwi Islands, so to our listeners there, good evening, um, while it remains this windy. Tales of a Gimp is my new podcast coming out soon, I'll tell a lot of funny stories about my life as a gimp. I don't have much time for songs where the the singer will always say oh, I don't know I don't I don't know what this feeling means oh I don't know where you are right now look what sing about what you do know mate enough about this I don't know all right you've got the conch mate you've got the conch tell us a thing or two teach us about the world tell me what you know um that was DMAs though so I've had a lot of people messaging in saying, Harry, uh, how can we throw a party 
uh, with all my mates for my 19th birthday without getting pepper sprayed. And it's probably a scheme that's been utilised in many different ways by international corporations trying to avoid tax. Well, I heard a story that my mate, he was at work, he was about to leave, and so he had one of those jobs where he was in the office because he couldn't really do it from home. And he's about to leave, he's waiting by the elevator, and one of the older blokes down the hall says, Oi! Come have a beer! And my mate initially thought, Yeah, I will go and have a beer. But then he thought, Yeah, I will have a beer. So then he goes down and he has a beer. And there's buckets of beers and all the boys are there from the office and they're talking about GPS rowing and it's going off. And all of a sudden he goes, don't you realise what's going on here? We have devised a fantastic loophole to the no bar, no party rule. Well, I mean, you can only drink with workmates, right? Because we're all in the office. We're all allowed to be here for work purposes. They crack open a few crowns. Yes. Crown lager. The beer. The little paper label we have to remove and get all soggy with our hand so that we can feel rich. What I ha- what I have to say to you 19-year-olds who I would say want, but I would, I, what I would prefer to say is you need to celebrate your 19th birthdays. It's a milestone. 19 is a very special year because it commemorates the first year when you go to the Gold Coast in December as a toolie. And that's a, it's a rite of passage, it's a coming of age moment where you're going, I'm a toolie now. And it's probably the first time in anyone's life where you go, shit, I'm old. And you have it at 19 when you accidentally go to the Gold Coast during December. You go, I feel like going to the beach, getting a couple of fish tacos. Maybe we'll stop in an Irish pub and, and have a beer and listen to some acoustic music. That sounds nice and cultured. And then you go, you get there and there are kids throwing up in pot plants. There is a guy literally urinating in your own mouth. And you're going, what, what, what's going on right now? And you didn't realise you just rocked up during schoolies. And you're 19 years old, yet you feel 80. You're a toolie, dude. That, that, that's a coming-of-age moment. So you do need to celebrate turning 19. And this is how you do it. Start a company, okay? You incorporate it. You rent some cheap commercial real estate, which is, I mean, everything's cheap at the moment. It's free. It's free to rent an office at the moment. You just... You, you show them your business records, you go, this is a very lucrative company. We sell um, holographic posters of um, a semi-nude post, uh, picture of Colonel Gaddafi and not when he was living. And you go, oh, business sales are down. I would have thought more people were buying posters, uh, especially holographic ones, but they're not at the moment for some reason due to coronavirus. Due to coronavirus, our sales are down. Uh, but what has unfortunately happened is you've hired a whole suite of staff a lot of them happen to be quite good friends from high school. And so they're all there. you you got them on JobKeeper, so the government's paying their wages. You've got rent-free at this commercial real estate, and you're all there in the office because you can't make posters, especially holographic ones of a semi-nude Colonel Gaddafi, from home. You need to be in the office. So there you are on a Friday afternoon, all your mates in the office, and you go, well, we're all here. We might as well have a couple of beers. Any beers here? And then you open up an industrial-sized fridge full of cartons of Crown Lager. You get your soggy little hands mixed up on the the paper there at the top of the beer. And you just drink and dance the night away. And it's obviously been a long time since you've been to bars and clubs and there have been quite a few boys there. 
you get a bit excited and, and you, you tell yourselves, we're all straight, we're all straight, GPS boys, we love girls, we love footy and we love girls. But it only takes a couple of crown lagers and you're all making out with each other. And then, you know, someone makes an inappropriate joke about someone else's mum and he goes, what the hell did you say about my mum? What the hell? I'll kill you. And then someone says, oh, dude, shit, is that my ex, Sarah? And is Kieran talking to her? What the hell? I'm going to freaking kill Kieran. And then another mate throws up in the urn containing your dead hamster's ashes. And you're like, what the hell are you throwing that for? I love that hamster like a brother. I'm going to freaking kill you. And then people are getting killed. And you're like, what the hell? Life was safer during the COVID lockdown. Life was safer with coronavirus than before. I forgot how unsafe it was before coronavirus. We just got drunk and freaking killed each other. Downloading an app that lets the government uh, track my location, which is why I'm pushing back on it. I'm also picturing a little bit like those, those depots where there's like a wall of TVs and there's some guy with three pairs of glasses who's watching like all the tunnels and all the freeways for traffic issues. And I'm picturing like another wall of just compute of just Google Maps with all the the dots where people are going, and especially going, Craig, Craig, come here and have a look at this. Yeah, we got a we got a code blue and white. We just got a guy. He's popped into a Euros shop in Fortitude Valley. He's just done a lap of the block, and he's getting another Euros. I mean, Euros is delicious, but if you think about it, it's a classy kebab. I I, I, I spoke to a friend the other week, and I said, Mate, Friday night, what'd you get up to? He said, Um had a Euros drink and, uh, and a bottle of wine. And I said, you're washing a Euros down with a wine. Was it an 84 Shiraz? Did it pair well with the hot chips and your bloody um, naan bread wrap? I mean, come on, mate. Uh, and he said he'd never had a Euros before. And it was his first time. He, I think in, in his words, he lost his Euros virginity. That's like the when people put chips on their McDonald's hamburgers. You, you get chips and you get a burger. I mean, God has given you a side there. You have a side. And you're going to put the side in the main so that you just eat the burger and then you're done. I mean, how busy are you that you need to put the chips in the burger so that you can eat the burger and chips in one go? I mean, how, how tight is your boss with your lunch breaks? Just eat the burger, have a bit of chips here and there. I mean, in these times where you have to do drive through food pickups, and there's the same person working at the window and they just see you come back in I mean, I suppose if they're working at the counter, it'd be the same thing. But at least you could sort of choose, oh, I'll go to that counter, that person. That person served me last time, I'll go to this one. They didn't know I was here 15 minutes ago. But with, with the drive through window, there's, there's the one window. In fact, there's two windows, and you've got, you got to go past both of them. And they'd be like, wasn't that guy here 15 minutes ago? And so as soon as you leave, you know they're going to be on their little microphones going, oh, wasn't he? Is that the, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah, he had one about, was that 15? I, I got 12 and a half minutes on my watch. Wow, he really scoffed it down and, and he was still hungry. He should have just, maybe he should have just waited for it to settle a little bit. No, maybe he wants to support his local community and the, the local eateries. Yeah, he, he's probably just really nice. He probably didn't even feel like the second year. He's probably just going to put it in the freezer when he gets home. Yeah, or maybe he'll wash it down with an 84 Shiraz. And yeah, I just feel like they're going to be sitting there watching the big TV screen to the three pairs of glasses like in Batman, watching all the tracking, saying, oh man, this, watch this guy, this Harry Lee bloke. He's just pulled, it looks, looks like he's just pulled a bird from the valley. He's gone back to his place and now he's going back to a club in the valley. And now he's going to the disabled bathrooms. He's been in there about 20 minutes. What's going on in there? 
So that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to download the app. You go to the coffee shop, for example, or maybe you go to a Euros shop and you go, hello, can I please just grab a Euros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a weird thing to say because please, of course, is like a quite polite thing to say. But then grab is like a bit aggressive. So you sort of have to like, you're going from one extreme to the other there. Can I please grab? You know, and if you if you drop the please, it sounds super aggressive. I'm going to grab this. It's like, chill. Okay, chill out. Please grab. Hi, can I please pry out of your dying hands this gyros, this coffee? Hello, my lovelies. Welcome to Talking Dressage on Fortable Z. My name is Harry Lee, and you are about to listen to what could only be described as an hour of radio. I've listened to a lot of radio in my days, and I can tell you, hand on heart, this show is radio. Uh... I hope you have all been keeping very healthy and, more importantly, compliant. Uh, and I'm, I'm serious. If, you, if you've uh, got arthritis and you can barely walk and you have heart problems from eating, you've been snacking on nothing but margarine, just scooping it right out of the tub like it's ice cream. I mean, if you took a breakup so badly that a friend came over with ice cream, Hey, come on, Jenny, let's eat some ice cream. Forget about those silly boys, silly, smelly boys. And you go, ice cream? I need the hardest shit. Give me some margarine. Scooping that out with a soup ladle. I've read those newspaper commercials from the 1920s. Margarine, it lubricates your esophagus. Get that shit in my belly. Let's forget all about Derek and Tad and Chad from the polo team. Um, yeah, so even if you've got all those physical ailments, mental ailments, health ailments, doesn't matter, I don't care. Don't come to me with those problems. Don't mistake me for your bloody psychologist. I'm just worried about whether you're being compliant. If you're enjoying yourself, if you meet someone and you're going, how are you, how are you handling the lockdown? And they go, actually having a bit of fun. Just get the hell away from that person. They've been breaking rules. And if you have pepper spray, give them a nice, good spray on. Because this person's been breaking rules. In this town, we pepper spray first, talk later. Don't you be breaking rules on me. Hey, my dad's the prime minister and he made rules. So if you don't follow them, my dad's going to beat up your dad after school. You hear me? Hey, have you noticed Brisbane has a habit of naming the least enjoyable places to live with the most pleasant names? Daisy Hill. Mango Hill. Marumba Downs. Marumba Downs sounds like a dance move. Hey, come on, girls. Let's do the Marumba Down. Oh, shit. You see Stacey doing that Marumba Down over there? I didn't know she was that flexible. Hey, come on. Cha-cha real smooth. Cha-cha real smooth. Now Marumba Down. Actually, Marumba Down's not a bad place to go. Uh, lots of parks. But uh, sometimes it's like we can have too many parks. It just means you have more, like, really poorly lit places um, to mug cyclists in. This recent new evidence has come to light. People have been banging about Carol Baskin, listening to podcasts about, you know, how to make a murderer. And if you love those, you are going to love this new podcast series which is about 
all the new evidence that's come to light recently from witnesses who've had their testimony suppressed for decades that actually goes to show that it actually was shaggy. A lot of people had the wool pulled over their eyes for quite a long time and it actually turns out that it might have been shaggy. He had led us to believe that it wasn't him um, but there is this new evidence which is very freaky that does go to show that it actually might have been him and very disturbing and so if you are a younger viewer I would suggest turning that bass up and hearing that shaggy voice in its in its glory but um, if you're a bit of an older viewer I also would have to recommend turning that bass up but yes shaggy shocking very shocking podcast very addictive well structured narratively uh, I, I saw a lady trying to steal a cap from a souvenir shop I think if you're going to steal a cap like w- whatever you steal it's shoplifting it's theft you've broken a rule that is both legal and ethical you've already done that so at least steal a, like a great hat go to the Brisbane David Jones and steal something with the bloody Ralph Lauren lo- logo on it steal one of those like it's still theft you got to br- like a tacky souvenir shop and get one that says I heart South Bank Beach or as the locals like to call it the hot springs of South Bank mmm so full of vitamins from local the the pure urine of our beautiful local children mmm the South Bank hot springs that's where I go to as, as part of my 13 step daily beauty routine no I don't use makeup removers anymore I use the hot chlorine at South Bank Beach the hot springs where everyone will be going as soon as the lockdowns end um, I think as soon as the lockdowns end they're going to take away those ropes around that South Bank Beach where it was like you can't come in anymore coronavirus yes a virus can be caught despite heavy amounts of chlorine like which is essentially just like a really harsh freaking soap yeah, I saw this lady trying to shoplift a hat in Queen Street Mall. Yeah, it was quite easily given away because there was a lady behind her saying, don't steal that hat, give it back. And she, so the, one of the, the store clerk took the hat off her and the lady was like, give me back my hat, it's my hat, give it back. And the lady was like, no, I literally saw you, put it, take it off the shelf and put it on your head. And the lady goes, Rah! and she storms back into the shop. And if, the, if there are any budding shoplifters out there, if you had, if you just graduated in 2020 and you did a four-year degree and master's in uh, accountancy or geography and you're sort of looking at your job options right now and you're going, maybe I'll try out shoplifting. Maybe I'll be a, grad, uh, a graduate um, shoplifter. And that's probably your most viable option coming from me, Uncle Harry. That's my advice. This is a tip. You need to rehearse and expect the best, prepare for the worst. And if you get caught stealing a hat, I don't think the appropriate thing is to say, that's my hat, give it back, give it back, give it back, and then storm back into the shop. Because that sort of suggests that, well, if you're going back into the shop to grab another hat, that's exactly what you've admitted, to grab another hat. So you grab the first one in there. If that, if that was your hat, well, you can't get anything from the shop to replace it. It was your hat. There's only one of your hats. Um, so, at the very least, you don't storm off. You don't give it up that easily. You go, you dude, that's my hat. You, you, you're meant to be confounded, confused, befuddled. You go, 
Uh, sorry, that no. What are you talking about? That's my hat. I invite you. I look forward to clearing my name when you look at the security footage. I walked in with this hat on. I bought it years ago. Look, I got my name under there. But going, that's my hat. Give it back. And then storming back into the shop. I mean, what are you getting from the shop? You're going to get another hat, like the one you took. Yeah, unfortunate to see to see a shoplifting go so horribly wrong. We do get uh, it's it's nice to see a shoplift go really well, um, but not quite as good as it is to see no shoplifting at all. I'd argue if someone's shoplifting, it's already a, a point where you go, oh, poor thing, poor thing, like quite literally poor thing doesn't have the money to buy the thing unless they're like a thrill seeker who likes stealing things. So there's a little, there's a little bit of oh no. No, they need the thing, but they they can't pay for it. I mean, there's a little bit of sadness. So in a way, I mean, Australia loves an underdog. We love Ned Kelly. We like the Cronulla Sharks, one that the NRL. We like that. We like that underdog story. So there, there is something about you know seeing a successful shoplift and going, oh, you know, poor thing. Well, you know, at least they've got that hat now. Um, so I'd argue my preference goes in this order. One, my favorite. One being my favorite. Actually. It'd be more thrilling if I went ascending. So we'll start with three being my least favourite and one being my favourite. So three is, least favourite is you try to shoplift but you get caught. Second favourite is you shoplift successfully, you get the thing. My most favourite, number one, no no one attempt to shoplifting at all. Oh, oh, I thought about telling security. There was a security guy just sitting on a chair in Queensland. Well, it's really weird. He just sort of sits in a fold-out chair. I thought about telling him, but then I realised, I remember what my mother told me all those years ago. When I was just very young, and I w- went, uh, walked in from the basement, and she was putting lots of self-raising flour in uh, plastic bags with my dad and um, a few other friends, and, and she said, "Snitches get stitches." And I don't forget that snitches do get stitches. So I certainly wasn't going to be telling security on the lady. As far as I was concerned, that was a private matter between one lady with a hat and one lady wanting the hat. Have you guys been listening since a bit? I understand that a little bit earlier on, there's a, a show that just plays ska music, and I got nothing against the ska show. I understand it's been running a lot longer than this show, and that they have enough power and influence in this city to make sure I never get a job in show business ever again. As they say, there is an institution behind uh, a lot of decision making that governments do. You know, getting rid of carbon taxes, things like this, and people go, "Oh, it's the Murdoch press." influencing our politicians. Oh, it's the Chinese government infiltrating our politics. I'm here to tell you it's something a lot more sinister than that. It is scar musicians that are really in control. They're in your head. Scar music is in your head. And once you hear one scar song, you're listening to it for life. I feel like scar music was made for people where, like, say your enemy gets divorced and loses their dream job in one day. You can just trigger, like, as soon as they open their door coming home from work, you just play Scar And imagine just sitting there on the couch and the light's flickering. Oh, God, the light's not working. And, and you have a cold shower because you can't pay the uh, electricity bill for the hot water. And your wife's left you. You've lost your dream job. And the neighbour will not stop playing Scar music. It's ma- the main role of scar music is to rub salt in the wound of a wound caused by having a lemon pegged at you. And maybe I'm a little bit outspoken in this regard. We got people with ang- they got they got pitchforks and um, trombones out there, and they're angry. They they they're blowing fire out their trombones. They are 
infuriating. I looked at myself in the mirror and said, is this who I want to be? Am I happy being this person who is contributing to this massive environmental problem of um, emitting scar noise into the environment? You did host the scar so earlier. You, you, you look at yourself in the mirror every morning and you say, I feel good about myself. I'm putting more scar out there. Think about the people who don't like scar. Why don't you think about me more? You need to look in the mirror and think about me. And notice when you look in the mirror, you need to think about me when you're going to sleep. You need to think about me when you wake up. When you're making love to your special one, I want you to think of me and how much I don't like Scar. Because, actually, I think I do like Scar. I think I, think I am like that military dad who does love something but just doesn't have the emotional capacity to express it. So he just rips you with a belt. I knew he loved me! I knew his car must have broken down on my graduation day. That's why he had to just go to the nearest pub and put on punts on horses when I was getting my certificate. That should be the goddamn national anthem. That should be the national anthem. Oh, that's a, the most Australian habit ever. You listen to a good song, a good song comes out, like the Germans or something, and you go, that's so good, it should be the national anthem. Like, it's, it feels almost unpatriotic to say it, but there's actually no reason why it should be unpatriotic. This is a song that was only accepted as our national anthem, like, in, what, the mid-20th century at the earliest. The, the country existed long before that, and there were people here long, long before there was, the country was technically declared. So it shouldn't be unpatriotic to say the national anthem kind of sucks. So I feel like yeah, I, I'm a big advocate for the, the rolling national anthem. Like whatever song is number one at the time should be what is sung at the, at the Olympics when you win the gold medal and they, they, they raise the flags and they play a little jingle for like 30 seconds, you sing to it. It should be whatever, whatever is number one in the ARIA charts at the time. If it's Billie Eilish, it was like, hey, wait, this is Australia, but they're singing a, a song by a 13-year-old Canadian girl. You go, it's number one, baby. Schnee, schnee, schnappy, das schnappy, deal. What, they're, they're singing a cartoon song from Germany and it's Australian national anthem? Dude, it's number one. It's what the Australian people want. If you're in the Savannah Desert and um, you've accidentally rubbed hyena blood all over yourself as a form of moisturizer and you hashtagged it because it's this new... Um, someone who lives in Bondi has this market. Called, it's called Bondi Blood. You just rub the blood. It's a blood of an Instagram model who, who cut herself and you, you rub it on you and it's a great moisturizer and... And it's actually just the blood of hyenas from the Savannah Desert. And so you've moisturized yourself with the blood and you're in the Savannah Desert and you come across a lion. And the lion smells the blood and sees you. There's no tree to climb up. It's just you, the Savannah grass, and the lion. You tell me where your human rights are then, buddy. In fact, I don't think you'll have the opportunity to tell me. You only have the opportunity to go, You will not even blink. It's radio that good. You can't even blink. Good morning, Brisbane. A beautiful, sunny Tuesday morning. Yes, we actually, we pre-record this show pretty far in advance just to give the producer, Karen, uh, time to cut me off if I, you know, say something offensive. So, uh, anyway... These are my thoughts on um, Ghostbusters 3. And, yeah, and so that's basically all I have to say about Ghostbusters 3. Um, 
Thanks, Karen. Uh, tell you what, outside, freezing. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to understand why exactly we have all these global warming protests. It's because we need to hurry up and, and warm it up faster. We're not driving aimlessly enough. I saw just last week, I had no idea that going for drives was a thing. But apparently it's a beloved pastime of Queenslanders that the people are demanding, let us go for drives. And the government finally bowed down to the pressure and they said, let us go for a drive for 50 kilometres. A lot of people, they can't, they're not close enough to get to the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast. See, if you're on the south side, you might be within the 50 kilometres to get to a beach. But if you just, if you chose, if you chose to live on the north side of the river, that extra couple of kilometres might be your undoing. You cannot go to the beach, not this week. You can go for a drive, but swim in the sea, you shall not. And so there must be some people, oh, when the, when the odometer in their car reaches 50 kilometres and they're just in the car park at the beach, no! Sorry, kids, we're going to have to have a picnic in the car. You can see the ocean, though, just through the trees. Maybe we can poison the trees and get a better view. That's what everyone around here seems to be doing anyway. You know, you need you need the yin to appreciate the yang sometimes. Um, you need the, the wife who cheats on you all the time and maxes out all your credit cards to appreciate your second wife as a lovely, hard-working woman. So I was walking down Adelaide Street uh, today in the city and... Uh, there was a homeless guy, and I know some of you out there are saying, well, you, how do you know he's homeless? And I've noticed that actually a very recent trend uh, where there is uh, someone who is homeless and they want to tell a story about them, but they're not sure if they're homeless. So they do this polite thing where they say, well, he had the appearance of someone who might be homeless. Um, you know, for example, my housemate was, was, was saying she was noticing like a few more, and I said, a few more what? And she said, oh, well, you know, a few more, you know, people who look as if they might not have a home. Um, like, well, you mean homeless people. I mean, I mean if, you, if you don't want to offend someone who looks homeless but actually has a home, I'm sure they, they won't mind because they'll end up actually having a home and they won't care. I've got a home. Everything's awesome. Sorry for the confusion. I'll try to shower. Um, but so, all the people who are polite about these sort of things and quite politically correct and say, oh, you know, someone who might appear as if they could be homeless. If you added, if you were on your deathbed at age um, 90 or if, and the doctor says, sorry, we've got a statistician in here, the same guy from the Bureau of Meteorology who comes out every couple of weeks and says, that was the coldest May Friday in 33 years. You know, Thanks, Steve. Anyway, so, no, yes, the, the, the same guy comes in and he says, look, we've added up all the time you spent being politically correct and adding extra words to the, when you could have just said homeless. Instead of saying, someone who might be appearing as if they were homeless, we've added up all the time you spent saying those extra words and it adds up to three hours. Three hours of your life you have spent being politically correct about this one phrase. And you're on your deathbed and you go, no, I never saw The Godfather Part 2. If I didn't spend so much time being polite, I could have done it. This guy, so this guy, he was he was homeless. He appeared as if he was homeless to my naked eye. And he, and, uh, he was walking down Adelaide Street and I was walking in the opposite direction. 
we were on a collision course. But I know I noticed he said something to the man about he was about two places in, in front of me, and he said something to the man. He said, "Oh, he said something to that man. What did he say?" And then he passed the man in front of me, the man quite just in front of me, and he said, "Pussy." I said, "Did he just say pussy?" He just called that man a pussy, and uh, and then he he looked me dead in the eye, and I said, "Oh my god, he's going to call me a pussy." And sure enough, as he passed me, he said, "Pussy," and I was taken aback by this unwarranted remark. But then I realised he just called all three of us pussies, and what had we done? Nothing. We didn't do anything about it. So maybe he's a good judge of character, but he truly were. Uh, pussies. I'll tell you what the most overrated thing about generation is. Probiotic foods. I'm so sick of these probiotic foods. The, for example, the, you know, the kombucha, activated almond milk. You know, these things like this, they're so overrated. All they do is make you fart. They make you fart so much and that's all they do. It's, they, it sold you under the guise of it's good for your health. Gets things moving. My life was better when I wasn't farting so much. It just ruins your life. Probiotic foods ruin your life. Like, it's like you're going to meet your in-laws. You know, you've been dating the love of your life for two years. She's finally entrusted you to meet her very highly strung in-laws. It's a very big occasion. You go out to their homestead just outside of Toowoomba. The, the father-in-law gives you a nice firm handshake. But unfortunately, just before... You left. You, you noticed you had some leftover goat kefir yogurt. Really good for the gut. Really good for your gut health. So you decided to finish it off. Maybe you had a bit too much than, of your fair share. And then you've gone to the, this property outside of Toowoomba. Your father-in-law's giving you a nice firm handshake. And he says, mate, are you all right? You seem, sort of seem like you, you're pulling a strange face. Are you, are you okay? And you go, yeah, 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 I'm absolutely perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Just had a bit too much kefir yogurt. And then, so it's a bit, it's a disaster. You, you love your life. She flipping leaves you, dude. She leaves you for someone else. And years later, you're sitting on the couch by yourself. You ain't got no one. You're listening to Fortable Z on your lonesome. You realise, oh, what's it all for? I'll just, I, I might feel better if I have better gut health. So you go and get some probiotic activated oat milk. You're drinking pint after pint of this activated oat probiotic milk. All of a sudden, your phone vibrates. It's your girl. From years ago, the love of your life. She's been thinking about you. She wants to see you again tonight. She's in the mood. And so you go, Jesus, I need to put my jeans on. I need to turn off Fortunable Z for a start. That's one of the biggest turn-offs when the women come around. And... And I need to talk uh, to go see my girl, the love of my life. But you realise you've had a bit of this probiotic oat milk, but you say, "Look, it's fine. I ha- it takes a while to, to you know kick in." So I'll go see her now quickly, and then I'll quickly come home. And um, she's telling you about, you know, how she's sort of gotten over what happened with her in-laws, and she thinks you're a really great guy. And she's been reminiscing about all the good times, and she says that she thinks she might be able to trust you again. But then all of a sudden, she says. Are you, are you okay? You're sort of pulling a, a weird face. Like, uh, 
Are you in good health? I mean, what's happening? You say, oh, I'm absolutely fine. I had a completely normal dinner um, and just sitting here thinking about nothing else than what you're saying. Just, just enjoying the moment. That's over. She leaves you again. This is what probiotic foods do. All right, they ruin your life. But you say, look, maybe I don't have a girl, but I'll tell you what I do have, and that is my dream of being a socceroo. And so you go to fulfill your dream of being a socceroo. You train every day for the next four years. And most importantly, in order to become, in order to fulfill your destiny of being a socceroo, you do the most important thing of all, which is not exercise or diet-based, but merely having a Serbian or Croatian-sounding last name. And you finally get into that Socceroos team. You, you're feeling a bit parched, so before the match, you, you go down and you have a... You go, oh, you got any Gatorades here? Uh, I'm afraid, just kombucha, sir. Uh, Powerade or iced tea? I'm afraid we only stock kombucha, sir. Oh, I mean... Have you got a kombucha that tastes a little bit like blue Powerade? And they go, here you go, you have this kombucha. It's a very popular kombucha. So you have the kombucha, you down it, you're well hydrated, you're ready for the match. So you're out there in the field, you're making your debut, you come on in the 73rd minute, you're a goal down. The coach says, we need you to get a goal, mate. We need you to save the soccer route so we can get to the World Cup. We need to go to the World Cup. Um, and, and, and all of a sudden, the, the, the captain is looking in your eyes and he's saying... Harry, I mean, are you ready for the match? Are you, are you, you sort of seem to be pulling a weird face. Harry? Yeah. Yeah, I feel perfectly fine. I'm just getting ready for the corner kick, and then when that comes in, I'll just, you know, you head it to me, and then I'll pass the ball to Brian, and then when Brian gets the ball, he gives it back to me, and then I'll, I'll just simply kick it in the, in the goal. It's good. It's pretty straightforward. Um, I had a mate come around the weekend. He, Harry, I've I've got a podcast idea. It's called Beers and Bad Business Ideas, and I need you to be a part of it. I said, look, mate, I know as much about business as I do about sex, and I've never had a business. Um, No, just kidding. I am Warren Buffett, Donald Trump, put together, bro. Um, So if you want to learn my 13 steps of financial freedom and how to get a girl in seven years or less... I urge you, implore you even. In fact, I'm threatening you with physical harm to get you to listen. My older brother bought us some beers and I, I was blind. I had about, oh, I was so blind. I probably had about 7.37 standard drinks, I recall, keeping track. His name's Noel, so he sort of hosted it. So is this a podcast within a radio show? I'm here tonight with my friend Harry Lee. Uh, this is the first podcast that I'll be doing. It's going to be called, or it is called Beers and Bad Ideas. So Harry, nice to for you to join me. It's very nice to be here. You're very accommodating. If I'd known you are going to be recording a podcast, I would have fixed my helmet here. The million dollar idea. That's what everyone wants. Yeah, the million, it's going to so get us out of the favelas. It's, it's going to get, get out of the favelas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. But I picture like a gully. You know, watch City of God. It's a great movie. Okay. Uh, well, I, I probably or a not. documentary about any Brazilian footballer. We need to get out of the favelas. We need to develop a talent. Oh no, I do know the favelas. It's on college. It was a stage. It was like a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like slums, isn't it? It's like slums, but a little bit more of the hip shake, right? With this, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Latin slums. Uh huh. Yeah, but a whole lot of shaking going on. 
a product does two things or can do two things if it's successful. It either fills demand or it creates demand. Apparently, right. filling demand is a lot easier. There's a gap. So creating demand is a lot harder. I would say the iPhone created demand because we didn't have those phones. It's about having a go. By doing that, then maybe we can actually get one step closer to having, not a million dollar idea, but just having a really cool idea. When I was in primary school, there was an active campaign by Cricket Australia in partnership with Milo to sign up children to play cricket. And it was the Milo Have a Go campaign. Really? Oh, that's... And local children began playing cricket at a local level and uh, wearing Milo t-shirts in order to have a go and to play cricket. <laughs> what that campaign breed was Australia's probably most successful generation of cricketers that we've ever seen and probably will see um, on the, pre- the presumption that the sun will become so bright due to global warming that we will be blinded. It may be the last generation we ever see. You create. What I'm trying to say is have a go, but more importantly, buy Milo products. Yeah. So don't, we don't, Milo, like, do you, by the way, do you have more, do you have like, how much Milo do you have in your milk? Do you have, do you have Milo? Or do you have more Milo than milk or more milk than Milo? Are you sponsored by Milo, man? No, I'm not. But I'm just curious. Because you want to know this. There's a lot, I wouldn't even call it subliminal advertising. You just keep saying the word. What's wrong with Milo? I'm not saying anything's wrong with Milo, mate. I'm just saying, look, if companies want to get a if Milo sponsored me right now, I would fucking, I would, whoops, edit out the swear word. But, um. Edit out Milo, dude. No, I'm not editing out Milo. I like Milo. Well, we need to balance things out. We've mentioned Milo too much. Then we're going to go Activite. Yeah. Nestle. Nesquik. Nesquik. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, other things you put with milk. Lemon. Nah. Orange zest. <laughs> yeah, cocktail. I'm a mixologist. You know, that's was, a title, isn't it? But you, you want you want to go to a bar and we get something different, right? Oh, rum and coke. That's too simple. Give me something I've never had before, and you just get some bin juice, some milk, and some orange peel, and you put it in a cup. And you go, <laughs> and you go mm, yeah. The orange peel adds a certain je ne sais pas, and also we're just trying to get rid of it. <laughs> that's a good one. Well, oh, I've, never, I've never had anything like this before. And what does alcohol do? It makes you want to throw up. Right? And so you give someone milk, bin juice, orange peel, and Milo, and you put it in a glass, mix it up, and you give it to someone, and they drink it, and they go, oh, blah! It's like, yep, I did it. <laughs> I only took one drink. That's how good my alcohol is. I'm a mixologist. <laughs> I, met, I met someone, or not met someone, I had someone email me one day, um, and his title was Inno- Innovation Alchemist. I think I told you that. Yeah. These titles are getting ridiculous. Uh, no, that is the most fancy way of saying unemployed I've ever heard. Yeah. That's I mean, what I, well, I, I You could just say our names. I, I've, I've met people around in bars and things like that, and you, you're chatting them up. You go, how are you going, love? And, and, love, <laughs> is that what you my say? name's Brian. And, <laughs> and you go, all right, Brian, what do you, what, what do, you do? What's your job? And, and they'll say something like, I'm an um, architecture graduate. You yeah. graduate from something. That's an, as a past active, that's past tense. Why are you a law graduate? Yeah, so you graduate from law. What are you doing now, bruv? <laughs> okay, bruv? <laughs> all right, all right. We're in, we in sidetrack. So I'm going to draw it here on this little piece of paper. And what I'm drawing... Okay, right, is your first time doing a podcast, mate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all yeah, important I'll messages you have to write down. <laughs> yeah. Remember, I hope, so, wearing, I hope you're wearing deodorant tonight. <laughs> yeah, so everyone that um, can see my drawing... Okay, um, <laughs> you're, drawing a t- you're drawing a t-shirt. Well, it looks like a t-shirt. Yeah, so it's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt and it's a very, very important t-shirt. 
especially right now. I just want to, you know, I'm going to cut you off there and probably a lot more times after this. Uh, as they say, a podcast paints a picture well, of a thousand words. You're trying to paint a picture. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to draw my picture. A podcast paints a picture of a thousand words. Ah, no, wait, it does. Well, this okay, one does. Now you're drawing a shape within the t-shirt. It's a triangle. Have it's you a, seen... It's a three-sided triangle. Have you seen the protests in America? So what people do is they, they're lifting up their shirts to cover their faces like this, and they're leaving their tummy exposed. So what I thought... I already got trying to get a quote for this. Was a face shirt, so there's a it's like a backwards hoodie, but it's like a metal clips on the front. So you got another piece of your normal t-shirt, and then a piece of fabric on the front, and you unclip your little piece of fabric like a your chest, and you lift it up over your face and okay. hook it around the ears. So, but Noel, the first question is: Does that work as a way of preventing you from getting coronavirus if someone has coronavirus and they cough near you like that? Because the reality is. If you're trying to market this product as a way of uh, helping coronavirus, and not, it actually does not work. I'm not. No, 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 no. This is not a million dollar idea, bro. This is, I'm not trying to... I'm just saying that... It ain't Ralph, no. Instead of putting a shirt over your face, you have a piece of fabric that's attached to your shirt that you can put around your face without lifting up your shirt or using another shirt, and that serves the same function. So when you want to stop using it, you can pull it out. It's called face mask shirt. So you're not doing any tests to see if it's actually is a proven way of not getting coronavirus. Look, the more I talk about it, the more I think it's a shit idea. If you, unless, you, unless if you can't hear this on the microphone, I'm slamming my fist at the table in disgust. Oh. You are marketing a product that will think, make people think that you're not going to get coronavirus and then get it. And then you know what's going to happen next? I'm going to sue you. And you know what, after that, when your assets are gone, they're going to sue me. I'm throwing this. I, like mean, a, I need that. I need, like, no, it's like I've I've come home ideas. and my housemates cooked a cold meal for me. No, I'm coming right. my hard days I'm throwing it across the room. You can go and get it. Cold. It's a cold idea. <laughs> it's a cold business idea. I am never doing this podcast with you again because you shut down any bad idea. No, well, we can we can workshop it. We can workshop. It. How right. we, we, I've got another bad idea. Remove the panel, make it a normal T-shirt, and put slap a slogan on it saying "Lockdowns." What about liberty? All right. So you know those plus size shots where it's like big blokes T-shirts. If you're like a big bloke, you know like. Yeah. Can, like, well, you'd be sorry. you'd be like triple XL. Yeah, but you know how like then you have to. If, and it, but if I wanted to leave my bedroom, I have to punch a hole in the wall and they'd forklift me out. You're like that sort of size. Those t-shirts. Yeah, jeez. Yep. If you have a uh, normal, the rock, like I did not say normal just then. But if you have a, a person who's like a medium-sized t-shirt from a corporate mainstream brand, mm. um, and you can only fit so many words on that t-shirt, right? You can say like Ralph Lauren Polo, and then that's it. I don't know, like or never give up. Yeah. There's limited space. Yeah, exactly. fabric. If you have a big boy, if you have a big Walker. boy and you have a triple XL, quadruple XL t-shirt, you can put a whole bloody Bible verse on it. Not Bible verse, Bible chapter, mate. You could honestly put <laughs> an entire Irish limerick on that thing. And so I think it's a really powerful way of marketing a product is to find big, big boys or worse, find, or better even, find like people who are hungry on the street, homeless, whatever your word for it is, and uh, say, how about this for a deal? I'm going to feed you a shitload of scones. Like, you're going to be full up to the brim of scones. I'm going to fatten you up. And then, <laughs> no, this is the best part, I'm going to put, a, um, make a triple XL t-shirt with a, with a political message on it saying, both of the liberals, these are their policies. Because, you know, he's a big boy. 
you get, you oh, put, so walk, they're walking advertising yeah, and, then, and, and then you put them back on the street afterwards because so, you know sometimes homeless people are in prominent spots on the corner of say Adelaide and, 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 and <laughs> Anne Street right no, no sorry Adelaide and Edward Street right prominent lots of foot traffic and you put a really chubby homeless person on that street corner wearing your political t-shirt uh, with the big gonna, message on it I'm going to say that is possibly the worst <laughs> bad idea that I've ever heard. But, you, but you're feeding a homeless person and all you're making them do is put on a t-shirt. Is it ethical? Well, we do this... Uh, well, are you saying it's unethical to feed a homeless person? Are you're you, using are, them as a business... Using no, them as a walking billboard. Everyone like, is used for a purpose. We're used. Your company uses you to make profits. You, my company uses me and there's nothing wrong with that. And there actually is nothing wrong with that because we both gain something from it. They, they pay us, right? Yeah. You, you think this, per, this person's getting fed and clothed there's, it's just conditional. Everything we do is conditional on some ground. The condition is uh, you have to become quite big. And then once they get quite chubby, you simply say, wear this T-shirt containing all Liberal Party policies. Sit there, put on this T-shirt. I'm trying to say some messages are too long to be on a small T-shirt. They need to be triple XL or quadruple XL from the big boy shops. Move on to another bad idea, but I, I did like... Some of those parts. Yeah, so you're like a primary school teacher. That wasn't entirely wrong, but there, but there could be a more right answer. This is why kids grow up and, and they get anxiety from a thunderstorm. Is because no one tells them they're wrong. They need to deal with trauma from a young age. The first thing I do as soon as my child's born, I'm putting them in front of replays of the 9-11, September 11 attacks and saying, hello, baby, this is what the world is like. So that they won't get PTSD, they won't get PTSD from the first time someone comments on their photo saying you don't look so great here. So do you know? Do you wear a night mask when you go to sleep? What about a face mask that has like hydr like hydrating molecules, like two pieces of cucumber that you replace in the in the mask, so you can both get a good night's sleep but also hydrate your face? Because I've seen the ladies, and this is probably more a lady specific product. They put like cream on their eyes, the face masks. Yes. They call them face masks. Yeah. Um, at night. But what if you can put your night mask on and it hydrates your face? I think you're thinking about something even more profound than that. I think it's something that could hold the cucumbers in place. Yeah. If, if you recall, that with those wow. images. It, it, it's a Cucumber lady. glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's always a lady just lying oh, down. Oh, what? Yeah. Look. I want to ask a really important question. You brought you brought up the idea of cucumber glasses. Yes. And I think it's an excellent so idea. Place. Was, I think it's the best bad idea we've had all day. Yeah. What if, with the, the beautiful thing about the cucumber glasses, maybe you could just have one in at a time, right? So you lie down. How, so yeah. why can't you just do one at a time at different times? That's, so you, yeah. you put one in the glasses. Yeah. You walk around. You can do the washing up. You, you know, if you're really gaming, you can go to the shops. People are like, dude, you got... you." Got cucumber in your eye, or no, you can just you can chill out. You can see where you're going through one eye. Yeah, they and talk about, and you know what? That's a really good point because I've read and listened to a lot of podcasts about finding products, and they talk yeah. about niches. I'm telling you, one-eyed cucumber glasses. If that's not a niche, I I don't know what's. A niche. Yeah, but a niche is not a million-dollar idea. It's a cold no, idea. It's, it's a cold business idea. I'm throwing it across the room. It's going to shatter, and I'm watch you sweep it up. As I, as I tell you how much of a busy day I had, and I expected a nice, warm business idea when I got home, at least. Yeah. If you, if you, because a lot of people operate with one eye. Yeah. A lot of people. Well, yeah, think about a lot it. Of people, Not everyone's got two eyes. Because of an operation, they then operate with one eye, and so 
Like, so if I put on a Tony Robbins motivational talk... No, well, we, no we've got to end this. We've got to end it yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. Harry, thank you very much for joining um, the podcast today. Thank God I've needed to go to the toilet since this thing started. In, in the wise words of good parents all around the world, that's enough hip-hop for one day. I was walking past called Punjabi Palace and it had a, a particular meal deal advertised on the front door. It said... You get a curry, you get a rice, you get a naan, and you get a beer. Except added to that printed message was some permanent marker that said, condition apply. And we're used to hearing conditions apply. You hear banking and superannuation ads on the radio and the the disclaimers, the conditions that apply secretly um, go, go for longer than the ad itself. But there's something actually more ominous about just a single condition. It makes it sound like the condition is crazy. Oh, we had this particular meal deal. But beware, a condition does apply. I'm thinking, wait, do I have to rub ghost chili paste under my armpits as deodorant for 25 years uh, uh, if I get this sweet meal deal? Do I have to share a bunk bed with Andrew O'Keefe from Deal or No Deal for the rest of my life? which wouldn't be very long if I had to share a bunk bed with Andrew O'Keefe from Deal or No Deal. Do I have to have a sexual encounter with a member of parliament? What's the condition that applies to this fantastic meal deal at Punjabi Palace? Hell, I ain't going to find out the hard way. I'll just, I'll pay a little bit extra. Uh, I was having a very philosophical conversation with a friend the other day. He said... Isn't it weird how we will never, we'll never know what some particular sounds were? The sound of a Tasmanian tiger. Amazing, right? Amazing. I'm not talking about that the sound of a Tasmanian tiger is amazing because we don't know. I'm saying the thought of not knowing is amazing. Uh, because there is footage, black and white, without sound. We don't know what sound Tasmanian tiger makes. If people write it down, what if... The sound that came out of a Tasmanian tiger's mouth was just like like when it barked or yawned or, you know, howled at the moon was just uh, Kylie Minogue hits and a Tasmanian tiger would feel threatened by the presence of, of a human in its habitat and it would just go on a night like this and you go, oh shit, Tasmanian tiger over there. Sorry, mate. Or when the Tasmanian tiger, after stumbling upon some uh, emu eggs, is approached by another male Tasmanian tiger who also wants to eat the, the emu eggs. And, and one Tasmanian tiger says to the other one, I'm spinning around, move out of my way. And the other very aggressive alpha male uh, Tasmanian tiger replies, I should be so lucky, 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 lucky. Um, and, and, and maybe that's why they're all killed out, killed off. Uh, so quickly and so viciously by the humans in in Tasmania because they were just like, you know, we hear these songs all down the radio, the last thing we need are our native animals also singing them. Um, Or maybe Tasmanian tiger just tasted really good and that's another thing we'll never know. How good did Tasmanian tiger taste? Was it too good to be true? So we had to make it untrue by making the species extinct. These are questions we can't answer. Except we can, because we have a Tasmanian tiger expert in the building tonight, but unfortunately he's a mute with no arms and he can neither speak nor do sign language. So the answers are trapped inside his head. Mate, please, can you break that vowel silence? Just tell us the answer.
No, he's a re- he's a renowned expert. He has all the answers, but no way of communicating them. Motivating beats. Get up. You're fat. Even though you're a healthy weight and you should feel really good about yourself. I'm going to tell you, you shouldn't be feeling good about yourself so that you get up and do that jog. Welcome to F45. You're a healthy person with lots of friends who love you. And you don't need to do anything to be perfect. But I'm going to tell you things that are different to that. You're fat. Yeah, people who buy Queenslanders, they buy an old worker's cottage or something like that from the early 20th century, even late 19th, and they just bo- they just hollow out the inside. Like, you, you might see from the front, you go, oh, that's a Queenslander, there's a, you know, there's a veranda, and there's a door, there's some windows, and then inside, it's just like open plan. It's like someone mistook 2020 for 2003, and they thought open plan was still a thing. The, the, some people are so tasteless. They, they actually need to have a limb removed just to teach them a lesson. I think that people would stop doing this. If, if you went to an architect and you're like, okay, I love this old 19th century workers' cottage I have, like the timber, VJ, the, the decorative things um, above each door and window, but I kind of want to make it just square and just one massive room with a toilet in the corner. Like a ma- Think luxurious jail cell. It is coronavirus after all. The, the, the architect should say, I just want to let you know, I mean... I respect your taste or lack of, um, but uh, the last person who came to me who wanted to do that, um, they had a limb removed and yeah, they, they asked me to let anyone I could know to never ever um, demolish the internal walls and features of a Queenslander house. You don't want to, you want as few parts as possible. I'm one of I, I'm a man who loves the free market, who loves capitalism. Um, some people use lubricant. I just talk about capitalism um, all night. But I I thoroughly believe that there is a, a market, a private market for parks. So if the council or the state government did not acquire land or set aside state land for parks. Then, for example, if People say, people would say, oh, but then everyone would just build apartment blocks. But yeah, but then wouldn't you actually pay money to go to a park? So when you go to a park to get a soccer ball, that's a good experience, a valuable experience, right? You you went to a park, you had a great time, you high fived your friends, you went home. Wouldn't you have you wouldn't you have paid money for that? It's obviously it's an experience we take for granted because it's free and it always has been free. But if it never was, that would be something you would pay money to do, just like laser tag. If we'd grown up and council had laser tag centers everywhere that were just free, and on every street corner you just walked in and played laser tag whenever you goddamn pleased. Well, the notion of there being private laser tag centers when you were twenty seven years old and talking on radio would be preposterous. But I'm here to tell you that I think there are so many like average parks in Brisbane, so average. It's just like a terrible park that's like just covered in mulch and there'll be one park bench that's rotting. And you look at it and you say, what's the point in even having this? This is a park that no one, it's probably just used for people to dump their dog's poop. All right. It, You'll, you'll, you'll notice these really bad parks because they often they're quite small and half the park will be taken up with a big sign that says no dumping of rubbish here because people have quite rightfully noted that all that park is good for is for dumping rubbish where there are no security cameras. 